It's Monday morning, and I'm at Rockwood Elementary School in southwest Oklahoma City. This would normally be the return from spring break for students and teachers. But this school is empty because of a statewide closure of schools in an effort to stop the spread of the coronavirus. However, there is a steady stream of cars pulling into the school's front drive. Music is playing, and staff are greeting families who have come to pick up a sack breakfast. Pull right up, and we'll take care of you. In just the first hour, more than 150 meals have been picked up. For many families, a closed school can mean the loss of a meal. Handing out meals like this is going to be important in the months to come, as State Superintendent Joy Hoffmeister will recommend this Wednesday that the State Board of Education keep school buildings closed for the remainder of the school year. I'm Ben Felder with The Frontier, and this is COVID-19 in Oklahoma, a daily podcast taking a closer look at the coronavirus pandemic in our state. Today is Tuesday, March 24th. On Monday, the state's number of positive COVID-19 cases rose to 81, and that number could grow significantly this week as the state has said it will dramatically increase the number of tests across Oklahoma. Later on in today's episode, I will speak with state board member Jennifer Monies about school sites being closed for the remainder of the year and what can be done to ensure some instruction continues. But back at Rockwood Elementary, I caught up with Oklahoma City Schools Superintendent Sean McDaniel to discuss the current closure of schools. I started our conversation by asking what is keeping him up at night when he thinks about his schools remaining closed for several months? Uh, just worried, just worried about our kids, worried about our families, worried about our staff. I worry uh, a lot. And so, you know, are we doing everything we can? Uh, are we, are we uh, you know, doing our part in making our kids and our families' lives a little bit easier during this time? You know, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of anxiety, and uh, so we want to do what we can to alleviate some of that, to bring that down a little bit. And we know that if our kids know that at the very least during this time they're going to get fed, they're going to have a couple meals a day, uh, that brings some of that anxiety down for both them and for their, their parents, their grandparents, their guardians. So, um, yeah, I worry. I just worry a lot about everybody. Uh, this is just not normal. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. Um, but what I, what I know is we've got strong people. I mean, we have proven that over and over and over in Oklahoma City that our families are strong, our kids are strong, resilient. Uh, we have we have a great staff, people who are willing to step in and help. Great community partners. So we're we're going to get through this. Um, but it's a grind right now. There's no doubt about that. What's most important to you during this time? or eventually, you know, filling some role of an, as an educator. Sure. You know, I, I think uh, right now the focus is on these two weeks and let's get kids fed. If we are closed for a longer period of time, that will continue to be our focus. We still want to get uh, kids fed. But then there's another layer that we're going to have to think about, and that's how do we further support our kids. So uh, in addition to being fed, our kids also depend on us for all kinds of supports, whether it's instructional support, uh, mental health support, behavioral support, and the list goes on. And so that's a game changer. If, if somebody comes in and tells us, hey, this is, we're done for the year or for a, a, an extended period of time beyond the two weeks, uh, then, then we go into a whole different thinking mode. 
you know, I'm meeting with my staff almost daily, just virtually, and we're talking about these things. I know at the State Department, uh, Superintendent Hoffmeister has uh, periodic conference calls with, with leaders from around the state. So we're already thinking about these things. Um, it'll just be getting additional guidance from the state, uh, from the federal government, what we can and cannot do, what the expectations are. But uh, for certain, we will have a plan in Oklahoma City Public Schools. And once it is finalized, we'll get it out to, to our parents and families, uh, certainly to our staff and to our community at large. We will have a plan. It'll be a good one. You know, we hear from our families daily. Uh, somebody in our district will take a call and then share out, hey, here's some uh, concerns that families have. And it's everything from, uh, you know, making decisions. I've either got to go to work or I've got to stay home and take care of my kids. And if I don't go to work, I may lose my job. Uh, to child care. You know, we have families who, you know, they don't rely on the school district for child care per se, but they know that that's where their kids are going to be every day. And so now I've got two, three, five kids. I've got to go to work. How do I care for my kids? I can't afford child care. Um, you know, I don't have family members maybe who, who can come over and watch kids. So there are a lot of things at play here that depending on the decision will have an economic impact. Um, you know, from a district standpoint, we've been assured that we'll continue to receive, um, you know, our funding throughout the year, regardless of whether or not we come back to school this, this school year, uh, we will continue to get our, our monthly state aid uh, funding. Um, but as you think about how schools are funded, and this may be down a bunny trail here, you know, we're funded based upon how our economy is doing. And so if our economy takes a hit, every school district in the state is going to take a hit uh, as we're funded for next school year. So a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of things on the table, a lot of things to think about. And we, we come back to one thing. You know, as we, it's, easy, it's easy for fear to enter into this conversation. We come back to one thing. Um, right now we're going to do what we can do, and what we can do is feed our kids. As we get more information, uh, that will grow and our supports will increase and we'll, we'll make sure that our families are aware of that. Jennifer Munnies is a member of the State Board of Education, which voted last week to close all Oklahoma schools until April 6th. The board has a special meeting this Wednesday and is expected to consider extending the order to close for the remainder of the school year. Money spoke with me on Monday about the work ahead if school buildings remained closed. Yeah, I think, you know, as it became clear that we were having to look beyond the initial two weeks to get, um, you know, outside of, you know, the growing pandemic um, that's happening right now, I think the most important thing and kind of shift was looking at how can we make the best out of the rest of the year that we can, given the, you know, what's going on. And I think moving to kind of a distance learning, um, you know, continuous learning model is the, is the right decision, is the best way to go. Um you know, it, it helps balance 
you know, public safety and, you know, the ongoing recommendation that people not get together in larger groups of 10. Um, we all know in Oklahoma, but also nationwide, that class sizes are much larger than 10. Um, so given that that recommendation does not seem to be changing anytime soon, I think, um, you know, it's, it's the right thing to do to move online and try and continue learning as best as we can. You know, knowing that there are, you know, pretty, you know, extreme inequities in the system as it exists now, as far as, you know, some people in Oklahoma don't have reliable internet connection. They don't have devices at home that enable them to learn online. They have parents who are having to work. Um, So knowing that there's, you know, a million different, you know, situations that kids find themselves in. Um, you know, I think all of us have, have just really tried to find like what is the best way to continue learning as best we can while keep, you know, mm-hmm. keeping public safety paramount. Can, can we do this as a state? I mean, can, can we provide adequate instruction for, for all of Oklahoma's public school kids? We're about to find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think we can, and I think, um, you know, I've been on a lot of calls with a lot of really amazing district leaders and, you know, people and education vendors and, you know, everybody kind of rallying behind, like, that we have to do things differently. Um, you know, frankly, for me, I've long been an advocate of, you know, I mean, we've we've been doing school the same way for 100 years and really trying to push Um, education to think differently about how we do school and how school is delivered to students. You know, everything in our lives have changed except for school in a lot of ways. Um, Technology has, you know, hugely impacted our world. Um, So I think if there is any bright side to this, which, you know, I mean, obviously there's, you know, a, a huge downside, but the the bright side to this is hopefully, you know, I mean, it's going to encourage districts to think innovatively about how they deliver education to kids and think about that through an equity lens. I mean, that might not be all online. There might be ways to hand out, you know, I know there's districts talking about handing out packets and work to kids as they pick up school meals um, during the day. And so there's, there's a lot of innovative things that I think districts can do. Um, and really kind of telling districts to that. What I like most about kind of what we're doing is telling districts to come up with their own plan. The state department will provide some guidance to districts if they want help. Obviously some districts over 230 districts, I think in our state have some form of virtual offering right now. Um, so those districts obviously have somewhat of a leg up, um, but for the districts that haven't offered virtual offerings to date, um, the district, the department is, you know, giving them guidance and how some of that might work, but also telling them, you know, if, if you have something that's unique to your community and some offering that, um, makes sense for your specific community to do it, put it in your plan and, and submit it to the state department. And so, you know, I, not that, again, you know, this, none of this is ideal, but could we come out of this with some really innovative ways to deliver education to kids? I think, I think we can. Yeah. You know, Oklahoma is a, is a big local control state. I mean, the state sets standards, but doesn't require curriculum. 
what is what do you think this looks like for the next few months? Is this will the state set issue a, a few standards they want, or just, or is this really just going to be like guidance? Here's what we suggest you kind of do, suggest you cover, and then it's really going to be left up to the school districts to decide how to deliver that. Yeah, I mean, we are a very populous local control state. I mean, and and I think that's part of why like it's it's hard for us like at the state level to not have control over what the quality of education is going to look like and it'll vary you know drastically from district to district in some cases um but i think knowing that there are a lot of districts that'll think outside the box and do some really innovative things i think is exciting um and i hope you know there'll be a lot of districts that work together right i mean being able to nothing has really pushed education to utilize and to work together as much as this does. I mean, right now, frankly, our entire world is having to work together um, in a way that has never happened before. And so there's a lot going on, not only nationally, but globally in the education space um, that I think we can utilize not only here in Oklahoma, but across the country. Yeah. Finally, uh, I mean, the state's already said that schools aren't going to be held accountable um, for their assessments. End of the year tests aren't, you know, aren't going to happen. Already got that waiver uh, from the U.S. Department of Education. So, what is what are some of your biggest concerns moving forward? What are you hearing um, from the public? You know, there's so many questions about, you know, are we going to have a graduation, or what if a, what if a student is behind, or what? I mean, what's what are some of your biggest concerns as a member of the state board in terms of how do we? conclude the year yeah i think i think the biggest concern that i have is kids falling behind and especially further behind we know in oklahoma just from looking at our test scores that you know already we're pretty far behind academically as a state and so you know the fear is obviously as we go into this that kids will fall further behind I think that it will um, require once we go back into school, hopefully this fall, um, at full time, that you know we'll have a lot of catch up to do, and you know, kind of working together as a state to figure out like how can we work together to help make that happen. I think um, from an accountability standpoint, it's tough. You know, I mean, like I think. School districts are going to do the best that they can to make sure that especially like seniors that are graduating are are ready to get out and graduate. Um, I know that there are parents across the across the state and frankly, students, I mean, who miss their friends, who want to go to their senior prom, who, you know, want to do all the things that are part of uh, being part of school. And so, um you know, I think that I, I guess I'm hopeful that when we come out of all of this, that we, you know, I, I guess can better appreciate and band together to make sure that, you know, that we aren't falling even further behind as a state. That's going to do it for today's episode. You can find extensive COVID-19 coverage at readfrontier.org. If you've been following our coverage over the past few weeks and listening to this podcast, I'd invite you to consider making a donation. We are a nonprofit news organization, and our work is made possible because of reader support. 
For The Frontier, I'm Ben Felder. Stay safe and healthy. Thanks for listening. I'll be back with you on Wednesday.